0: Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Saturday afternoon, August first, playoff hockey. Why not? Eleven a.m. faceoff show. Game starts at one here on Six Thirty, Chad. Oilers and Blackhawks. Now, games two and three will be Monday and Wednesday next week. Both will start at eight thirty. So the faceoff show will be at six. If we need a game four, it's next Friday. If we need a game five, it's next Saturday. They haven't announced the start times for those games because they want to see what happens with all the other series before uh, they lock in certain games. But that—that uh, that is what is happening if the series goes beyond three games. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. You can vote in my Twitter poll if you are on Twitter. <laughs> At Reid Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. You have until 8 o'clock to vote. Who would you start in goal game one against Chicago? 79% right now, Miko Koskinen. 21% Mike Smith had about 350 votes. Fun to chime in there if you like. On the ice, third period just started in Toronto. Columbus leading Boston 3-1. Getting underway uh, in about an hour or so at Rogers Place. Final exhibition game. That is between Vegas and Arizona. And earlier today, Nashville shut out Dallas 2-0. Victor Arvidsson had both goals in that game, one in the first period and uh, one in the second period. On Saturday, here's the full schedule. The Rangers and the Hurricanes at noon Eastern, so 10 o'clock here in Edmonton. The 1 o'clock game, Blackhawks and Oilers. Then the Panthers and the Islanders. Canadians and Penguins and Jets and Flames will be the nightcap at uh, Rogers Place. Every series has a potential back-to-back. I mentioned for the Oilers and Hawks, it would be Games 4 and five. The Blue Jays uh, losing tonight 6-4 to the Washington Nationals, the game in Washington. The Blue Jays were the home team for that game until they can uh, get fully settled into Buffalo and then start playing their games there. I know uh, still more uh, positive tests and games being uh, canceled and postponed in Major League Baseball, so we'll see if they're able to uh, make it through their season. All right. Jack Michaels just tweeted, he says, I find intricacies of schedule fascinating. Yes, Chicago took two of three from Edmonton this year, but both wins came at the end of an Oiler road trip, one after a 5-0 start, including going 3-0 on the first three games of the trip, one after Edmonton had already won at Nashville and Dallas back-to-back for only the third time ever and uh, the Oilers won their home game against the Blackhawks this season. I I didn't think Edmonton had a lot of life, the two games uh, played in Chicago this season. I'm not sure how much that's going to factor into the lineup. As Jack referenced, one of them was in October. It's going to be August uh, when this series starts. And uh, as I've touched on, I mean, Chicago made some trades with uh, letter going out, Gustafson going out that... I don't think they would have made if they thought they would have been in a postseason series. And I, and I touched on the depth in the, in the first hour, not the depth, the, the playoff experience. Yes, Chicago has players who have played, you know, dozens of playoff games and won Stanley Cups. They will also likely have nine skaters in the lineup on Saturday who have never played a postseason game. The Oilers are guaranteed to have two, Yamamoto and Bear. Uh, maybe four if Haas and Jones play, and and maybe as many as five if Koskinen. This is the starting goaltender, but Koskinen, an older player who has played in KHL championship series. So, yeah, uh, I, I think the the storyline that Chicago has more playoff experience is is relevant from one angle, but there's another way to look at it where uh, you can simply say there's going to be a lot of Chicago players in in these big games for the first time. All right, 780-496-0063 to call or text. The St. Louis Blues have a lot of playoff experience. They have a lot of championship experience. They won the Cup last year. Defenseman Colton Pareko is on the line. Colton, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. You are inside the bubble it's uh, it's all come together well how like how is it in there like how, how are you
1: spending your day today i am it's it's been good uh today's been uh, a good day for us it's off day for us so um not no practice scheduled or anything like that but uh had some breakfast we uh, obviously did some some testing um and then what else have i been up to had coffee with the guys o- outside obviously a nice morning uh and then uh Came up to the room, went down, had some lunch with a couple of the guys, uh, and then we just finished watching uh, a little bit of the Stars versus a Nashville game. So uh, it's, been, it's been a good day. Uh, and tonight we we'll go for dinner with, with the guys, and then uh, tomorrow is another day back at uh, practice. So it's uh, it's good. We, we're here together. We keep each other busy. We, we have things to do. So uh, it's it's been good. Is it, I mean, this is your your home, obviously, so you know St. Albert, you know
0: Edmonton well, you know downtown Edmonton well. Do you find yourself saying, like, oh, yeah, if not for this big fence, we could go over there tonight, guys, or uh, walk, walk, walk in the river valley. But-
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a little different, obviously, spending a uh, summer in Edmonton where uh, I'm playing here, but uh, it's, uh, obviously, I have my family here with my parents and my, my siblings and niece and nephews and... But uh, that being said, it's uh, it's exciting that we're back. Uh, obviously, just sports in general and getting back to playing hockey, we've been off for, for quite a bit of time now. And just getting back to playing has been exciting and just getting back with the guys is, is always good. And so just happy it kind of all, all came together. But uh, at the same time, like you mentioned, home is really close for me, St. Albert just down the road. So um, it's still nice, though, uh, even though I uh, I'm still in the bubble or whatever you want to call it. It's, it still seems close to home.
0: So what is it like moving around in there? Do you do you, do you kind of have to still be careful when and where you can move around or is it pretty unrestricted once you're actually in there?
1: No, for sure. They're still taking a lot of precautions uh, and rightfully so. There's uh, a lot of things you got to do just every single day uh, before you can leave. You got to make sure you do uh, like a, temperature check on your phone and answer a bunch of questions. And then they got the daily testing as well and um, masks on everywhere outside of your room. And they got hand sanitizer everywhere and um, social distancing outside with, with the tables. And uh, there's been uh, just different ways to a bunch of different restaurants that uh, different teams have kind of reservations at for certain times, so kind of teams are, are within themselves. So. They're uh, definitely making sure that uh, everybody is is trying to do their part and stay safe, and um, obviously that's what we got to do if if we want to continue to uh, keep moving forward with with this process.
0: All right, so you got back on the ice yesterday. Uh, the the you know the score didn't flatter the Blues. Obviously, Chicago took it four nothing. It, it is an exhibition game. Just take everybody through it a little bit here.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was our only exhibition game. I guess every team has one game to kind of get it going and like you said we we didn't end up coming out on the winning side but um, it's one of those games where you got to try to build and uh, make sure that you just take the things that you can uh, especially the positive things and and uh, move those forwards and forward and take the take the other stuff and learn from it and uh, round robin for us is three games so um, I know it's not elimination games or they go towards Playoffs, technically, but um, it's for seeding, and they're they're still important games, and you want to be at the top of your game going into into those playoff games. So these are going to be really important games for us. Um, we're going to obviously do our best to uh, prepare ourselves to give ourselves the best seeding one, and then um, obviously after that, give ourselves the best chance to uh, go into the playoffs play with uh, good uh, good mentality and playing well. So uh, it'll be interesting. Um, the game was good uh, first little bit. Just getting back into it after four months off was, was a little different. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's how it it's going to be if, if you're off for, for that long. And um, I think the biggest thing with hockey is timing and just getting the timing back and getting to your spots and stuff like that at the right time is, is going to be key. So uh, all is good, though. Um, definitely nice to get back out there, kind of like I said earlier. Uh, just feels good to uh, be playing again.
0: Does it feel like a continuation of the season, or does it feel
1: like a brand new season? Uh, I don't know. A little bit because I guess you're you're still playing, and it feels like I don't know as the way that they're the way that it's supposed to be as the playoffs, and uh, I guess kind of just the different ways that they've set things up, like for us playing the round robin games instead of having to play the best of five in the first round. Is for the playoffs, obviously, um, was kind of based on how the season went so um, and just the term of it being the playoffs I guess it kind of feels a little bit like a continuation but uh, I will say it's it's a little different that you have that long long off and then you go into the playoffs but um, I mean we're just happy to be playing and happy that uh, we're gonna get the chance to go through the playoffs and uh, try to uh, see what we can do
0: what, if anything, are you drawing on from last year's experience where you guys won it all? Does that does that feel like something that's really relevant and something you can pull out of your bag of tricks if you need to? Where does it sit?
1: Yeah, I think even from yesterday, I think uh, a big part of this, this whole thing is just with the amount of time that we've had off is, uh, I don't know, I think – uh limiting mistakes i think hockey is a game of mistakes in, in a sense and um with that amount of time off there might be a few more and i think the the more you eliminate the mistakes and the more that you kind of help each other clean up after mistakes and work for each other um it's going to go a long way in these playoffs and i think it's going to be super beneficial for those teams that do that so um i'm i guess we'll we'll see how it goes but i think from last year we just worked really really well together as a team we worked for each other we worked hard um it might not have been the prettiest um way of playing sometimes but uh that's playoff hockey and i think that that's kind of what we we uh got to do here pushing forward through this playoffs
0: all right and i, and I gotta ask you this uh, you know i know the oilers did play chicago th- three times but uh, you just played them they're, they're in your division give everybody a, a scouting report of the blackhawks if you can
1: yeah, they're a good team. They're fast. Um, obviously, they got a lot of skill. Uh, they've got a lot, of, a lot of players that have had some uh, playoff experience and uh, have been successful in the playoffs. So um, I'm looking forward to that matchup. Uh, obviously, Edmonton has some unbelievable skill, some unbelievable players, and um, sort of the Blackhawks. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. Uh, obviously, it's, uh, it's going to be uh, a good one.
0: Well, Colton, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks for checking in from, uh, from the bubble, and best of luck to the Blues here as you get back at it. Of course, you guys play your round-robin games on the 2nd, the 6th, and the 9th at Rogers Place. All the best with those.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, always great catching up.
0: All right, there is Colton Pareko from the bubble, St. Louis Blues defenseman. Uh, He's joined us a few times on the show over the last couple of years, always very generous with his time. Uh, By most accounts, the Blues did not play great yesterday against Chicago, but uh, the games start to count uh, for them on Sunday. And uh, they'll see where they can finish in the seeding tournament. I mean, that uh, possible opponent for the Oilers uh, going into the first round. If the Oilers beat Chicago and St. Louis were to finish last in the round-robin series, then the Oilers would have to go head-to-head against Pareco and the defending champs. Uh, you know, I, I, I know I've been asked a lot about those round-robin games. Uh, they will be played like the, the stats count for playoff stats, but they're going to be played like regular season games. So if it's tied after regulation time, it's three on three overtime for five minutes. If it's still tied, then it's a shootout and a team losing in overtime or a shootout would get a single point. So then they'd have some standings to rank the teams. Um. yeah I mean the intensity of those I'm, I'm sure they'll be relatively intense I think uh, you know you don't want to loaf it through any game and risk getting off on the, on the wrong foot somebody asked last night about is there an advantage to be in the qualifying round or in the round, round robin I'd sooner be in the round robin because you could lose all three games and you're still going into the first round. If you're in a qualifying round and you lose three games, whether it's three in a row, three out of four, three out of five, you are out. So I'd, I'd sooner have, it, it's sort of like having a buy without having a buy. You still have to play a few games. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. Don't forget Kevin day off the GM of the Winnipeg Jets is coming up after the 730 news. It's inside sports on shit. Talking about playoff experience, James Neal certainly has it. He has played 104 postseason games. 2017 went to the final with the Predators. He played uh, 22 postseason games that year. Went to the final with Vegas in 2018. 20 postseason games that season. So, uh, Neal, one of the graybeards on the Oilers when it comes to playing in the postseason. Oilers and Blackhawks, Saturday afternoon here on 630 Chad Face-off show At 11, game at 1. Cowtown Bob, uh, games tied after regulation time in the best of five series. It's playoff overtime, baby. The the, the qualifying round series are a playoff overtime. Five on five, 20-minute periods, flood between each period, play till somebody scores. The round-robin games, the the tie-breaking is like the regular season. Oilers, Chicago, all the other best of five series, you play till someone wins. So that could delay games in uh, in the arenas. Now, a lot of times, if there's a triple header in a building in Edmonton or Toronto, they scheduled the round robin game in the middle, so they at least more have a more definite end time. I think I've mentioned I was on a, a conference call about some broadcasting stuff last week with the NHL and they said they need 88 minutes between games so about an hour and a half. So look if uh, if a, if a game at Rogers place started at uh, at 4:30 and didn't finish until 10 and there was another game after it, the plan is it would start at 11:30 at night. now, there, there aren't a lot of scenarios where that can happen, but it is possible. I'm just trying to find the day. So Tuesday, August 4th, for example, the Coyotes and the Predators play at 1230. That's a qualifying round game. The Flames and the Jets play at 445. That's a qualifying round game. The Wild and the Canucks play at 845. If uh, Hypothetically, if the Coyotes and the Predators went to – double overtime and the flames and the jets went to double overtime that could be an extra three periods of hockey say if they each ended halfway through double overtime that could push the wild and the canucks back until like maybe 11 o'clock mountain time and they would play the game they have said nothing about pushing games back another day they would play it that day if you ever watch u.s open tennis you know that sometimes there's a big match that starts really late because all the matches ahead of it went three or five sets. And depending on uh, whether it was a women or women's or a men's match. So it is for all the the best of five series, it is playoff overtime. You play until somebody scores. Now, most of the triple headers, like I said, involve a round Robin game as the middle game. So they know that's going to take around two hours and 40 minutes, sort of that usual NHL time. So if the first game went to overtime, they could name, they could, come out with the start times for each of the next two subsequent games. But yeah, there could be some crazy stuff here through these uh first ten days. Absolutely. Dave Tippett, head coach of your Edmonton Oilers, he was asked today, uh man, you've had a lot of prep time. You've known you're playing Chicago for several weeks. How did you use that time?
2: Oh wow, you you know, anytime you go to a playoff series, you know your opponent, you know, you go through them, but I'm a big believer As we have to have our team ready or it doesn't matter what the other team does. So We've geared a lot of the stuff uh, that we want to do to our team. That being said, you gear things with your team that are ways to beat the other team without talking about the other team. So um, we, we really concentrate on ourselves. We know Chicago is a very good team. They're high skill, great leadership. You know, there's, uh, you know, they're just, they're pretty deep, and they played uh, played some of their best hockey um, down the stretch. So they'll be a they'll be a very good opponent. But we have to make sure that we're ready to play and play the way we can to give ourselves a chance to be successful.
0: Dave Tippett, he will coach his 75th career postseason game on Saturday against the Blackhawks. We will pause for the 7:30 news. The general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, Kevin Chevaldeoff is up next. In the third period, exhibition action in Toronto. Columbus leading Boston 3 1. Columbus did all of their scoring back in the first period. The other two exhibition games today at Rogers Place, the Golden Knights and the Coyotes, will start in about uh, 35 minutes. And this afternoon, Nashville shut out Dallas 2 0. So the exhibition game tonight, Golden Knights and Coyotes, that's the final one. No games tomorrow the Oilers will practice tuning up for the Blackhawks on Saturday, 11 a.m. Faceoff show here on 630 Chad, and the game will start at one. Game one of a best of five baseball today. The Blue Jays, the home team, but playing at Washington and the Blue Jays lose 6-4 to the Nationals. Well, the, the one series I'm most looking forward to, besides Edmonton and Chicago, it's a no-doubter for me, is the Jets and the Flames. Two Canadian teams, that's always fun, and for uh, people of my vintage, you remember when uh, the jets and the flames were in the good old smite division with the oilers and a lot of the battles there so i'm looking forward to that one and i'm pleased to be joined tonight by the gm of the winnipeg jets it is kevin shovel dayoff kevin you're on with reed how are you doing sir i'm doing well thanks thanks very much for having me on tonight yeah i really appreciate you checking in kevin and uh and hey before we dive into the hockey stuff uh uh you know sort of uh through you and to you i, I gotta pass along my best to dale Chuck, one of the best of all time with uh with the jets i i know he's having a battle with cancer again and man i, I remember him playing kevin and, and winnipeg had some great teams I, I, they were just kind of unlucky i think to be stuck in the in the same division as edmonton and calgary but uh, I, I wish him all the best
2: well thanks very much and uh i know that uh you know, he feels the love from all the hockey community. A lot of people have reached out. They've got a, a website, uh, Howard Chuck Strong, there that they're trying to raise money for uh, for cancer, and a, you know certainly for uh, you know a cause that's uh, near and dear to Dale. And it's uh, just like him when he's uh, fighting a battle for himself, he's uh, he's fighting a battle for other people as well.
0: Yeah, well said. So, Kevin, we're uh, we're experiencing bubble life here. In the National Hockey League, the team's moved in on Sunday. They've been going through the practices, getting ready for the games. Your initial impressions here a few days in of, of, of life in the bubble for you and, and how you feel your players and coaches are handling it.
2: Well, I think it's uh, obviously a little bit of a learning curve for everybody, just trying to uh, get the, the sort of lay of the land, what the rules are, uh, you know, wearing your mask, when to test, uh, just a different schedule. You know, hockey players are creatures of the habit. They like schedules. They like Structure, so it's it's just getting that uh, that structure in place and, and understanding um, you know how it's going to play out and I think uh, the exhibition game was, uh, was was certainly important for everybody to go through to get that feel of you know what the you know what the ambience in the arena is going to be what the, uh, you know the pace is going to be like and, and just everything in general you know so I think the players have done a great job of, of just rolling with whatever is in front of them, and there's going to be some challenges along the way that, um, you know, I think the teams that handle it the best are, are going to fare the best.
0: I was able to watch bits and pieces of your exhibition game last night. You wound up uh, beating the Canucks 4-1. I, I thought the Jets looked, uh, looked pretty quick and pretty solid throughout most of that game. How did you feel about the performance?
2: Well, I think the first period looked like uh, we tried to force a lot of things. I think, uh, you know, when you have players that like to play a skill game, you know, they, they want to think that, uh, you know, that game is, uh, is there for them at the drop of a hat. But, um, you know, I think it, it goes to show that there are some timing. There are some things that, uh, you know, you need to work through. And training camp's obviously important, but there's nothing like uh, when you're suiting up uh, against someone else in a different jersey and there's some adrenaline and, and some bumping and, uh, and such that's going on. So, um, and it's going to be interesting because obviously exhibition games are what they are. Uh, you know, the next time you're dropping the puck, it's, uh, it's for real.
0: Connor Hellebuck is up for the Vesna Trophy. I, I've talked to a lot of people who think he's going to win it. We'll see. Drafted by the Jets in 2012, he uh, turned 27 in May. I, I'm curious about, about this, Kevin, because in my experience as a reporter is to be a great athlete, of course you need the, the physical tools and, and all the abilities that go into your specific sport, but I've always found that the really great ones can often separate is, either through some really important personality trait or, or just part of their mental game. I'm wondering if you can tell us, uh, you know, how Connor Hellebuck uh, separates a little bit into his personality that has helped him become an elite goaltender.
2: Well, you know, again, goaltending is a is a position all of its own. You know, it's, uh, hockey's a team sport, but the, there seems to obviously be a lot of focus on the, on the individual when it comes to the goaltender. So, um, you know, they're they're like a lot of elite uh, ind- individual sport athletes. I think they 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 kind of march to their own drum at different times. They uh, they have a different uh, maybe set of uh, training regimens and uh, you know different type of uh, you know maybe physical training that they need. But I think that uh, one thing that's really um, you know that I've seen over the years with you know with Connor is just understanding himself, knowing what it takes, you know, for him, knowing when he's uh, playing well, you know, what, what's going on, and knowing when he's struggling, what's going on. So it's a self-awareness I think that only comes with experience and uh, and uh, and getting that. And I remember when we made the decision to uh, send Andre Pavlik down and put a, a very very raw. Um, uh, Connor Hellebuck in net with us. A lot of people, you know, said, "Well, why are they doing that? They have a veteran goaltender." Well, we did it for the, you know, for the exact reason that uh, we wanted him to gain experience. We wanted him to, you know, to get, uh, you know, the reps under his belt, and, and uh, you know, hopefully, he's been a better, better goalie for that.
0: Just will uh, update Columbus and Boston. Columbus just hit the empty net just a second and a half left in that game. So Columbus will win 4-1 over Boston in uh, that tune-up game for both clubs. Kevin Chevelday on the line, general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. Hey, Kevin, defensively, uh, you know, I-, I thought it was a bit of a, a transition for your team. Obviously, with uh, Truba moving on, Bufflin not playing, uh, Tyler Myers, decided to go to vancouver so you know half half your d that's pretty significant tell us about managing that transition some of the players who have uh, come into those roles
2: well certainly during the summer we, uh, we we you know obviously made the trade and acquired neil pionk uh, in the truba trade which uh, was someone that you know we coveted and, and felt that uh, you know there was a lot of room for growth for him his game has taken off and and he has uh, you know been a big part of uh, you know what uh, what we've uh, what we had going uh the the Dustin and bufflin situation certainly came out of uh, out of the blue for us and um, you know again i think all these things you know the, the bufflin situation certainly the transition of players uh the brian little uh essentially being out for the year uh, you know the various injuries uh, you know that we had uh, the contract holdouts that we had at training camp all the different distractions that uh you know could have been used by our group of guys just made them stronger and they were more resilient and they stayed in the fight so um, i i'm hoping that you know that experience and, and that type of uh, situations that they've had to go through this year is going to make it a natural for us uh you know to take anything in stride in, in, in the bubble life here
0: do you think that was the best you were playing all year the two or three weeks before the pause
2: well, we were getting healthy. Um, you know, we we had a couple of players coming back that had been out. Adam Lowry was out for a while. We had just, uh, I think, we were eight games into the trades that we made to uh, uh, to acquire Dylan DeMello and and uh, Cody Eakin. I think that, um, you know, we, we we did have some good chemistry going. We did have some uh, some good momentum going. Uh, you know, going down the stretch, knowing what was in front of us uh, in, in games that we had to play, and ironically. You know, we, we played here in Edmonton, got on a plane and flew into Calgary. We were getting ready to play them uh, next, knowing that, you know, we were fighting for our playoff lives, uh, you know, against them. So it was, it was going to be an interesting time. But uh, obviously, uh, everyone hit pause. And, uh, you know, what, uh, what you accomplished then, you know, certainly it, it might look nice in the rearview mirror, but it's, it's all about what, uh, you know, what you can do now
0: i got to ask you about the Flames. I've been referencing the old Smite division, and I know for some uh, viewers or some listeners that makes me sound like I'm 120 years old if they weren't (laughs) alive in the 80s to to watch some of those games. But I I still think... As an observer, Kevin, as a media guy, it, it, I, I still think all Canadian matchups are special. I, I, I know for you, obviously, you want to win no matter who you're playing. Or, or is there an element of just enjoying being in an all Canadian matchup? And of course, I'll ask you for a thought on uh, some of the challenges the Flames present as well.
2: So, the interesting thing is, we've only played the Flames once this year, and it was in uh, an outdoor game um, in Regina, so at the Heritage Classic. So, that was, a, I guess, technically our home game. Um, so we, we did that early in, in order to guess early in the season late October and uh, that's really the only point of reference that we had uh, you know with the flames so you know we're playing a team that we haven't had a lot of uh, history with this year so you know certainly uh, um, you know that is going to be an interesting uh, fact in and of itself for both teams uh, in that regard but um, you know again it's uh, I think the matchups when they are Canadian I do believe they're special as well because uh, I think that, uh, you know, with, you know, to play in a Canadian market, to understand how passionate the fans are, um, you know, with the game, with the team. Uh, and I'm sure it's like this in, in every community in Canada, you know, they, the, the community adopts that team and they're, you know, they're, they're a part of the fabric of it. So, and, and you know, and they, uh, certainly in other places, and I've been fortunate, I was in Chicago where the Blackhawks, uh, you know, are, are obviously, uh, you know, extremely popular, but, um, you know, when you play a game in Canada here, when you play hockey against another Canadian team here, uh, it is very special.
0: All right, I have one more for you, and, and I'm going to go down memory lane. Rob Brown is uh, my uh, my comrade on our show called Overtime Open Line after Oilers games. He's been yep. uh, an, an in game analyst here on 6:30 Chat for 14 seasons, and you have connections with Rob because you did, was it you that brought him into the Chicago Wolves for the final three seasons of his pro career so for the final three seasons yeah like early he uh he had uh you know some time with the wolves prior to me being
2: there but uh i had the great fortune of of uh you know meeting rob and his family and uh even the better fortune of uh of having him on my team one of the one of the most skilled players that uh you know i've ever come across and uh just could could make things look easy uh, you know with his skill and and his hockey sense, and, uh, you know, he's, he's got a great personality. And uh, Actually, I, I love seeing him in the press box every time we come to Edmonton here. We always have a good chuckle, and he's always got a, a quick one-liner about something. So it's uh, it, it's a, it's a bond. We were fortunate to win some championships together, and and uh, the last one, I believe, that he had won, I think his grandfather passed away before that, and, and I'll never forget, uh, you know, he, he had his grandfather's name, written on the inside of his jersey and uh after we won he flipped his jersey around and you could see that uh, that was what he was playing for so just a, a real special person
0: yeah absolutely kevin thanks for making time for me tonight it's always great to have you on 6 30 ched uh enjoy the experience in the bubble and and the series coming up against the flames really appreciate you talking talking to us tonight thanks so much thanks for having me on that is Kevin off on the line, the general manager for the Winnipeg Jets. So yeah, he kind of summed up. Uh, they had to go through a lot on on defense, you know, trading Truba. They did get Pionk. Uh, he said the Bufflin situation kind of out of the blue and injuries up front. And, and they were looking better and getting healthier when the season shut down. I I think with Hellebuck and being mainly healthy, I, I think that puts them over the top against the Flames, but I do think that's going to be a pretty special series to watch. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Always happy to hear from you, 780-496-0063. Emails inside sports at 630 com. We will update that story about uh, the age limit in university football with the Golden Bears' Chris Morris when we get back. All right, Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, tweeting out earlier today, a day before the CFL dropped dead date on a 2020 season. It's quiet from the league and the PA, usually a good thing in labor negotiation. The other factor is government assistance, and it's quiet from the feds as well. Not sure what that means as we head into tomorrow as we try to uh, salvage Some form of a CFL season. They'd have to start convening for a training camp uh, pretty quick. Uh, Winnipeg would be the hub city. Uh, It would start in September and uh, maybe six games, maybe eight. I'd love it if they could get up to 10. I don't know if that's going to be feasible, but we might have news for you tomorrow on Inside Sports. Uh, Former uh, member of the uh, team known as the Edmonton Eskimos, when they were still called that, now the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, Chris Morris, is on the line. Chris, how are you doing? Good, Reed. how you doing i'm doing great thanks for checking in before i get to the news of the day speaking of a of a of a training camp as a pro what was the ideal length for you two days
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it depends it depends how old you are when you ask that question right like early in the career you wanted as long as possible because you want to show everybody you should be playing instead of the old guys and then the older you get, the shorter you want it to be because you're the only thing that's gonna happen is that. If you're the starter and you're you know, you're in good shape, you feel you know, the the only thing that can really happen is a young guy takes your spot or you get nicked up or injured or something. So it's uh yeah, it depends where you are in your
0: career, I guess. All right, uh, makes sense. Okay, so and, and you and I have talked about this story over the last month or so. There, there will not be a U Sports football season. The uh, the national governing body, though, did say that they were going to keep the age cap, so that meant that players who turned 25 before September 1st uh, wouldn't have been allowed to come back and, and play. However, uh, that has been reversed. Uh, you spoke out pretty strongly against, us, uh, against it. I mean, just tell us uh, how you feel, how this broke down for you.
3: Yeah, I'm glad it's been rescinded. It's, you know, basically they've said that uh, the kids that are going to turn 25 during COVID, the COVID uh, suspended year, the COVID canceled year, are still going to get to play. They've still got some work to do on the rest of the kids that are affected by it. You know, there's a bunch of kids that may have three years left that if, if some sort of modification isn't done, then they only have two years left. Um... I think they're looking at doing something relating to how much football experience you have post high school. So if you're playing junior, maybe you get two or three years to play junior, but then after that, it starts counting towards your eligibility. Or, you know, how CGIP works, they get two or three years of CGIP, and then maybe it starts counting towards your eligibility. It really is, you know, it's going to depend on how that – how the different groups get together and talk through things. Uh, it's very encouraging to me that they actually took a step back, listened to all the stakeholders on this thing, and uh, and reversed the decision. Sometimes it's very difficult to get U-sports to, to, to reverse decisions. Uh, I think it's, it says a lot about them and wanting to do the right thing that they actually did it in this case. So uh, one good step forward, Now then we'll see what happens.
0: How many kids on your team did this
3: affect again? It would affect five or six for next year. Yeah um like to me it's not even really I we, we talked about this earlier right it's not really about how it affects us individually or it, it, it's just not the right thing right it just wasn't the right it was sometimes you got to stand up and talk when things just aren't right and you know when you're helping kids you're protecting kids and you know you're sitting there and, and you see these these fifth year seniors you're working with that have just put everything into your program and worked incredibly hard and sacrificed so many things and just it's just not the right thing to to take that away from him so I, I think to me you know whether i had three or twenty it would have been the same response it just wasn't fair
0: yeah yeah, well, I, I'm glad to see this uh, happening. I mean, you were very passionate when we spoke a few weeks ago. I had Dick White from U Sports uh, on the show shortly after you were on, and, and he definitely was was leaving the door open for a reversal. So I wasn't totally surprised when I saw it. So hopefully uh, uh, things get ironed out. Uh, tough change the r- routine for you. I mean, you'd be about a month away from playing a game under normal circumstances. Uh, tell, tell me how you and the guys are keeping busy.
3: Yeah, well, straight, right now, it's about the same as it would have been. we got lots of guys uh, in strength and conditioning programs. We have a full-time strength coach, so he's working with them and doing those things. Uh, heading into the season is where it's going to change because obviously we're not playing you know, against other people. So we'll have, depending on the COVID situation, we've got one sort of scenario where we roll out into two cohort groups. We do a bunch of individual work for a couple weeks. Actually, about three or four weeks, and then then we have to take a two week break. Then we split into team cohorts, and then we can practice in sort of a team environment for four or five weeks. And then we're at the end of November. So it's depending on what happens. If we go to phase three and we can practice with our whole team, that would be ideal for us. But I just don't, you know, with the way the numbers are going right now, I just don't foresee that happening. So just have to have a bunch of different sort of stoves on the pot right now. And. hope that that we have a plan that'll allow us to improve and get better no matter what the circumstances are
0: yeah okay well chris thanks for always being available to the show we've wound up talking to you a a lot in the last couple months because of all the the news stories uh about U sports football and and the u of a so we appreciate that you're always uh, available to be a guest and i look forward to the day where we're talking about games again so thanks for checking in tonight yeah
3: no anytime anytime at all
0: Chris Morris, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears football team. So that age decision uh, reversed. Chris says, Chris mentioned still a couple things that he'd like to see ironed out about it. But uh, yeah, players turning 25 are going to get that uh, extension for next fall. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Bob Stoffer As Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow. I'll be back from six to eight. Final edition of Inside Sports before a playoff game. Saturday, Oilers and Blackhawks. Steve Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.